0: Welcome to the Colour Timer podcast. I am your host, Vincent Taylor. This is a show where we speak to professionals who work with colour. Today, we're speaking to a very old friend of mine, Michael Henry. Michael is a filmmaker, a writer. He's been in the industry for 20 plus years, made an incredible uh, feature film called Blame that was in the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, I was chat to Michael about the show, uh, saying it's all about colour, and then made some dig kind of nasty remark that only friends can make saying oh shame you can't come on the show because you're colorblind and then when I heard that I went wait a second no 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 you have to come on the show I want to chat to you about what it's like to be colorblind being a creative in this industry what can you see what can't you see so that's what we're going to do we're going to use the 15 minute sand timer as per usual to keep the conversation contained keep it focused and um, yeah let's go Take your seats because the hourglass is about to turn. We are entering the world of the micro podcast. Explore the craft, creativity, and science of professionals who use color to tell stories. Welcome to The Color Timer with Vincent Taylor. Michael, hi, thank you for joining me. Good to be here, Vincent, good to see you as always. It, it makes us it sound all kind of official when we speak to each other like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was chatting to you originally, uh, and I was just telling you that I was doing this podcast, and it was a, a, a podcast uh, talking to professionals who work with color, and then I said some kind of uh, remark about going, oh, shame, you can't come on because you're colorblind. And then I went... Actually, no, no. You should come on the show, and we we should talk about what it's like to be colorblind. Especially, you're a director, you're a filmmaker, and 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 how that impacts you. And then the more I thought about it, I thought back to the old days of film school, and you know, I was still a DP. Yeah. And I was shooting something for you. Yeah. And I remember uh, uh, my little anecdote of I was, and I think this is true. I don't think I made it up.
1: I think it's true. Uh,
0: uh, where where I was putting a gel up on the light, and you came over to me, and I, I guess you were shy about it. I don't know, but you sort of said quietly, "Oh, is that green? Is that a green gel you're putting up?" But I went, "Yeah, yeah, it is." It's like you know, but um, uh, but but look, thank you for talking to me about no this. No worries. Um,
1: I mean, you're always tentative as a director with color, like you know, on sets or in the grading room. I just feel like you just when you're colorblind, you're just confused. It's like color confusion, color deficiency, huh. more than color blindness. So yeah, I'm just like, I'm never certain, never sure. So hence, is that green? Is this you know? Uh, anyway, so
0: um. Oh, before I jump into that first question, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I I've made this mistake before, I've got to remember to start my color timer. Please. All right. Yeah. 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 So here we go. <laughs> I can see and, it there. It you know, here we go. It's gone. all right. It's official. Um. Uh, awesome. So. I mean, how how did you find out you were colorblind? How old were you?
1: I was in grade one. We were learning colors, and magenta—the color magenta—was something I just couldn't understand. It's like my, as I, was, I think it's the opposite of my safety word. It's like my uh, my fear word, magenta. And I'm, I, I thought I was a, all right, kid, pretty smart, could pick up things, but colors, I was just like, what the hell is this? It's brown, right? And then no, it's it's sort of. I still don't know, so I'm guessing, right? Magenta yeah, like right. a reddy brown, right? Or something like that. or it's, I don't fucking know. It's part of my language. <laughs> I just don't know. So, so I just remember in grade one going, I can't. I, no matter how many times you try to teach me this, I can't get it. I just wow. can't understand it. So I remember my dad took me to the Ioneer Hospital in Melbourne, got a day off school, which was always awesome.
0: That's good. And That's uh, good.
1: just remember having a whole bunch of tests done. Um, my dad giving me one of these invisible pen sort of cool books to do on the way home just to soften the blow but yeah um found out that I was I was like severely color blind and right yeah and that was at 7 and um nothing's changed I still Did
0: you did you as a as a little kid did you feel how did it make you feel that, or you didn't
1: there's not very often other than like if someone says, what color is this? You don't walk around the world going, yeah, yeah. that's red, that's green, that's blue. Yeah. Oh, look at the sky. It's a awesome. You know, you see it, yeah. you think it, but you don't, I don't know, you don't verbalize it or process it too much. And I've been like this since I was born. It's the way I've seen the world. And it's still very colorful for anyone that doesn't understand what colorblindness actually is. It's actually for a minor, minute percentage of the colorblind population it's black and white colorblindness for the rest of us it's um it's just tonally like we probably see five thousand colors where you see you know whatever it is one to two million whatever i don't know what number it is
0: i've got no idea
1: we only see yeah a, a, a restricted amount i guess
0: so do you yeah do you do you uh and it's okay if you don't but do you, do you know anything about the science behind colorblindness or uh, it's it's to do with the, the the cones in your eyes supposedly and it's
1: is that it's it's something actually physically wrong with the cone the color cones in your retina
0: right
1: that don't process the light properly
0: do you, do, you, do you know do you happen to know if it's hereditary or yeah. it is
1: well so for anyone i mean it's a pretty easy way to explain it it's a recessive gene that gets carried on through a mother right and a mother will give it to her sons as in the actual color blindness yeah if she passes it on to me, right. then I, as a colorblind person, pass it on through my daughter, through her genes. So if I had a daughter, she would be 50% chance of being colorblind.
0: Right, which, which was lead, leading on to my other question because I, I was wondering if it was like hemophilia where it's, it's just male or female, but but it's not, right?
1: It's, it's like 90, 95% males or some, some huge amount. The only way you will get a colorblind female, I'm pretty sure, is if you have a colorblind mother and a colorblind father. The mother is carrying the, the colorblind gene recessively mm-hmm. and she marries a male who's got the color, who is actually colorblind. So therefore,
0: the and, they've, and an they've, XY thing. And they um, have met at a colorblind club.
1: Absolutely. The colorblind club. Yeah. Which you don't know about. Of but course, no, no. About. I, really I, I can only
0: imagine. Um, you, you've kind of touched on this, but could you try to describe to me how you do see color?
1: Um, Yeah. The best, one, I just think it's like, um, so like I'm looking out here and, and I can see a tree, right? Where you would see all the color differentiation in the green in that tree in the leaves. It's like imagine taking fifteen different shades of green, or, or very close, yeah. and grouping together in one block color. That's kind of more what I see. I don't see the differentiation. That's where I think colorblind people get lost. Yeah, um, primary colors are a lot easier to differentiate show me a yellow and a red i can pick that up show me a a a, a dark green and a light brown and my brain starts going i don't know what where hmm. it fits what it is hmm. so right now when i see a tree i see it as very vibrant and colorful it's 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 green it's a super green tree out there but i'm not seeing those those color differentiations in there but i'm still seeing tonal differentiations i can see the underside of the leaf is dark. The top of the leaf is bright. But I'm not seeing color differentiation like a, a non-colorblind person would see.
0: Do you – and and again, I think you did actually already touch on this. But does it – is there any way that it affects your day-to-day life?
1: No, apart from – apart from yeah, I don't want to – yeah. My color uh, – my, my driving test, um, which I, I can't talk about, but I passed. So there you go. I'm not colorblind at all. Um, no, look, it doesn't. It doesn't affect – I really – I mean, it would affect your life ridiculously. I mean, as a color grader, it's like everything you do. Yeah. But for for most of us, color doesn't – you know, It I guess assessing color isn't an integral part of our life. It's just something that happens in the background and very often, you know, very rarely, sorry, no one ever stops me to go, hey, what color is that the, shirt the, you're wearing? The, or something? the
0: closest – and and it's far away, but the closest I can possibly get – uh, when I was working in China yep. uh and I just I'd only been wearing glasses a couple of years and uh and I and I got a new prescription and uh I started work that day and it was great, it was really good. Next day great. it was good. And then I think the third day uh I, I kept the glasses on as I went to go outside and I and I took them off and I think there was a quite a colourful sign there and I went, Why is that why does that look different? And I realized that they'd put a uh, like a blue blocker oh. <laughs> or a color thing on the glasses. and I freaked out because I went, oh my God, I've just been grading for two days and I and it's interesting because I went you know I of course I put my old glasses back on and I went back and it was, it was subtly different, but it was all it, it yep. was all relative yep. and basically I just shifted the green <laughs> hue out of everything and it was fine. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's, that's my – talking about green hue and stuff, we were talking, uh, thinking about you know working as a director and working with color grading and, and this. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing for me is green tinges on skin and stuff. Like, like if they're under a fluoro or stuff, you would spot it like that. I'm still, I would still look at someone and think tonally their skin looks all right. Uh, it just doesn't scream out like, oh, my God, they've got a green face. And there's so many times where, you know, I'm, I'm doing an edit or um just running through and then um, I show someone something and then they come back and go what why is the the thing got, why is that person got a green tinge on their face I go, oh it hasn't been graded yet or whatever <sighs> you know and yeah
0: yeah yeah because
1: you know everyone uses luts now and just quick little things to to present an edit to someone but
0: it's true yeah so
1: often man so often that
0: sort of thing is my, <laughs> yeah. my, you know, kryptonite, I guess. No, kryptonite's green, by the way. Uh, See, I, can't it. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> now, we have a mutual friend, a mutual close friend of ours, uh, and when I said to him that I was speaking to you, yep. uh, and, and so he's he, he's given me a question to ask you. The Matrix.
1: <laughs> oh, right.
0: The red pill and the blue pill, you know, did did, did that lose any uh, value?
1: <laughs> no. No, because again, primary colors. I could see the red and the blue. Uh. If it was a red and a brown film, yeah, I'd be screwed. Man, that film would take a whole new meaning for me. I think. <laughs> but no, nah, no. Nah.
0: It does. It's fine. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. fine. And I think uh, right. you were initially talking too about like the red jacket in Schindler's. You know, in Schindler's List. That. Yeah, I could spot that. Like you know. Yeah, and, and I think that's. I think colorblind people probably have like an an innate strength with tone i think maybe i mentioned this to you as well i think tonally we we must just like black and white and and just well think, i was going to ask know. you about
0: that i was going to ask you about the world of black and white photography like if you watch a black and white film i don't know does it does it have any impact or, or?
1: it's the equivalent to you i mean I, imagine you guys watching a black as uh, you guys you know you you, guys, you sight, ah, your color sight.
0: yeah got, yeah i know um, fine
1: when you see something and it's it's like a mid-gray in a black and white film, it could yeah. be a grey shirt. It could be a red shirt. It could mm-hmm. it could be a bunch of different colours. Do you know what I mean? But tonally, yeah. it's sitting in, in the same spot. Um, that's kind of like what I would say. So, so um, I, I guess that's why I'm saying tonally is the thing that I pick up on more. Like if you showed me two browns, you're picking up the colour where I'm looking straight away for the tonal differences. One will be darker than the other. Yeah. And sometimes I would just pick the darker one as brown, I would guess, because generally brown is a darker colour than green, like primary sort of stuff. So it's a constant guessing.
0: But it's interesting that thing about I remember when I was, you know, a budding cinematographer and, and just learning and, and a mentor of mine had said, you know, one of the best things you can do to develop your eye as a cinematographer is to shoot black and white, and and same with photography. Yeah. Because you're you're not getting distracted by the colours; you're focusing on those tones.
1: Yep. Oh, well, I mean, that's and uh, probably that's very very similar to what I would say from my point of view. I've always been really interested in a uh, colour is just something I, I defer to my cinematographer and my grader for, but I can still. Uh, uh, the, the the person that I was reading about recently, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, um, drive director, and a
0: few. Oh yes,
1: he uses color in such a like amazing punchy way. He's supposedly colorblind as well. Is that right? And I think that's that's part of him stepping out of his safety zone and just saying screw it, I'm gonna overpush this, you know, and 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 he, the way he uses colored light so often, you know. Uh, where it's not even needed, but he's using it as a stylistic choice. Yeah, uh, I see that now, and I go as a colorblind director. I kind of go, I get what you're doing. I get you're just you're pushing it. You're having a bit more fun. Yeah, you're breaking a bit of those boundaries, I guess that you know normal color sighted people uh, might not do. And
0: and and going back, you know, to that uh, analogy of, of you and I on set from oh my god, twenty years ago, whenever it was, yeah. where where yes. I, where I interpreted the way you were saying it was a, a bit of shyness. I mean, do you have a shyness still about it or?
1: Well, yeah, it's not something. I don't walk around with my, I'm colorblind T-shirt sort of thing. When, Especially when, yeah, look, when you're directing or working with someone, it's something that you don't, I mean, it doesn't come up unless I'm talking to a colorist, yeah. really or a cinematographer, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, how, how, well, well, on that topic then, I mean, how do you work with, uh, like a colorist, how would you work with a colorist? You're in a in a suite.
1: Again, I would have to really trust them and defer to them. But I would use references from other films and things that I like. That that you know, I would be very picky on tonal decisions and things like that. Um, I can see consistency in color too, I guess, as well in a way. Maybe just you know, I could I could tell if something feels a little jarring. Um, but but there is a lot of trust like you know i mean I, I think the film industry in general you have to put a lot of trust in everyone you work with you know you want to work with the best cinematographers the best sound recorders the best it's true whatever so i um i probably defer more to to a colorist and a cinematographer than i do you know other other areas of filmmaking i think because i need to i just need to trust in them and know that they've got my back
0: this this is not related uh, to colorblindness. it's it's related to you yep. as a director but but who who are your you know who inspires you as far as filmmakers go
1: well it was always it was always you know lynch people like that just just again i, I like things that were a little left the field um but you know modern filmmakers obviously people like fincher's been amazing um i uh, look i was a big uh, Italian cinema, 70s, 60s, 70s. So Bertolucci, I mean, Conformist is one of my favorite films oh, of all yeah, time. Yeah. I'm a bit like everyone, I think. The more you get into film, the, you just deep dive into so many eras and so many different, you know, for five years, I'm just into sixty cinema and then for another five years. I mean, American cinema in the 70s is freaking phenomenal, you know. Yeah. Um, so I love it all. I really do. Um, I guess I'm finding it harder to say I love it now korean cinema that's my 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 last five years for me
0: but wait wait wait! but what do you mean you're finding it harder to follow it now what do you what does that mean
1: i think to get to get overly excited i mean television's doing it for a lot of us now Uh more than cinema i think that's what gets tricky you know interesting um like uh it's it's the bigger films that I'll go and see in the cinema for the, the spectacle and the impact. But there was a time twenty years ago I'd go and see so many independent films. Oh, look, the times run uh, out.
0: It has. <laughs> um, That's all right. That's all right. I can
1: see the, the, the real spin. See, I know I, I know, I know,
0: I know. I, I did.
1: It's definitely the Euro television. It's got to flip somewhere. It has to, I think.
0: And and then just just following up on that that point that I interrupted you on, you said Korean cinema. What is it about Korean cinema? Oh.
1: Have you, you know, it's just? just it's ballsy it's balls to the wall crazy i love it and again coming from someone who loves, you know 20 years ago with like i was a little like through and through to come and to watch some of these just mad korean directors i mean uh parasite has to be one of the best films from the last five years i mean i i was a huge fan of his prior to that i mean memories of murder from him like 20 years ago it's just phenomenal um again the the there's, there's just a bit more risk taking in in everything in storytelling and stylistic choices you know things like that i just i um yeah it it it, it got me excited again i think which is what i'm waiting for again i think i 'm waiting for my next phase to get excited it's it's you know. it's
0: so so true and and when you have that moment where you you know whether it's a bloody painting or, or a film or whatever yeah. and you just go oh you know, it's it
1: just hits you somewhere. Music does it to me as well, or something. Like, just there's something where it just all of a sudden something left to feel just starts to just just grabs you, and then you just go, "That's it. I'm running with that for the next five years. That's my thing." You know, <laughs> I sort of I sort of love it. So, um,
0: well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good, and our timer has run out, but. Um, Michael, thank you. Thank you so much. It, it, for me, it's it, it, it's fascinating, and, um, and, it, and it's and it's great to see you. Great to see you as well. Right. Pleasure. Cheers, mate. Michael, thank you so much. It was great to see you, mate. Uh, I miss you. Uh, thank you to my executive producer, MixingLight.com. Uh, if you're watching this or listening to this on their website, you already know what they do. If not, check them out. Uh, everything Colour, they can help you out. Thank you to my friend of the show, Filmlight, and to my producer, Kayla. And thank you for listening. Thank you for liking, subscribing, leaving comments, all of that kind of stuff. It's it's awesome, and I I appreciate it. Uh, Until next time, uh, keep coloring outside the lines. Take care. The Color Timer, a micro-podcast experience.